not my king and I'm still a queen. Matt is a jester. The fact that like he chose Katie over me, ugh. Yeah, Matt, I feel sorry for you with your choices. Cheers to just moving forward and starting this week with a clean slate and to finding love with Matt. Yes. I would be very surprised if the girls are like, okay, that I left. The whole house is gonna feel like that I'm gone. Like I brought so many people joy. Here's to turning a new page. Hopefully a better week next week in the house. Cheers. Whatever. Matt's not the guy for me. I'm never dating another Matt as long as I live, ever. I hate that name now. Here's to love. Tonight on Bachelor Party, Victoria is finally gone. I'm so excited. But yeah, we still have to talk about her, of course. But mostly, I'm really excited to talk about those red-soled shoes that could not be named. Let's batch. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It's a three-person weave today. I'm joined by Mia Kimes and Michael Jr. Welcome, guys. How are you? Oh, I, we both did little dances that people <laughs> who are listening can't see. Um, Michael Jr. and I are longtime colleagues now, fans of the show, both this podcast and the show we're here to talk about, and couldn't be happier to be discussing this. I just Very excited. Really, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, it's listen, we're figuring out the cadence of the three-man weave already on here. But uh, yeah, I've already uh, been furiously scribbling down notes, texting Mina about the things that have popped up here. So we're uh, we're in a good place heading into this. I hope you haven't wasted any good material. It's like in um, mm. Big Daddy. We wasted a good surprise on you. Um, hope, you <laughs> hope you didn't do that. Um, week five of Matt James's season, as Chris Harrison said, we're past the halfway point. Did you guys feel like you were you surprised to hear him say it was halfway? I, 
just want to note, actually, before you answer that question, they've dropped in a lot of, like, timestamps this season, way more than usual. Hmm. Like, Matt or someone will be like, it's week three, or, like, we're five weeks into this, or, like, last week, this week. That's not normal. And I'm very confused at why they're doing that. I think it's probably because they're not traveling, but it's kind of throwing off my uh. rhythm of the show. And I was curious what you guys, how you felt about this. We're five weeks in. We're halfway through. Well, I... I- I actually wasn't too surprised. I feel like I, something about being in the same location, like it feels like they've been there forever to me. And also we're at the very specific point in the season where girls who haven't been on one-on-ones realize he probably doesn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a time-honored tradition. Like it's always a very specific moment in the Bachelor season. And um, and then sometimes you get a total surprise where someone doesn't go on a one-on-one they make it to the final four. I think that was the Corinne's case. Yeah. Primary. Yes. Um, but you see all the rational girls, like the Abigail's, their minds are, you know, starting to click a little bit. They're looking at the calendar and they're realizing that they haven't been, you know, selected and that probably means something. Yeah, I feel like to that end, even with like the the very overt time stamping, which might, uh, like you pointed out, be like a bit of on the fly learning from coming off of Tasha slash Claire's season where it felt like I was kind of lost time-wise during all that just because it was two seasons in one. But uh yeah, for as much as that realization tends to come, it seems like the strategizing about it and the conversation that directly has been a little like, I, I guess, more overt. I guess that's the word I'd go with here. It just felt like it was a little more in my face where everyone was plotting out all mm. the different parts of this in a way that's usually just like a bunch of freakouts and emotions. It was kind of funny to see that setting in for Piper, for Abigail, Katie, like all these women we've heard from a lot, they all were like, oh shit, it's not me. They kind of of came together for that. It was kind of sad, especially with Piper. Like, I feel like her and Matt, they seem to have good chemistry. That was a great makeout session they had. And I'm just like, why can't this girl get a chance? I was really surprised that we haven't seen more of her. Mm. I guess she's getting one next week, but it's pretty funny, like seeing that, like all dawn on them at the same time. Right. Well, I'm sure it's also exacerbated for them by the fact that they're not going anywhere. So it's not only that you're realizing this person might not have a ton of interest in me. It's also, how do I rationalize the last six weeks of my life? Cause I'm not, tr- I'm not like going to Thailand, you know, I'm just in Pens- rural Pennsylvania. Um, I was, I was shoveling horse manure in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. that blows. Like it's one thing to go on the bachelor and like, you get to go to like all these different places to be stuck at the Nemecolon, which looks lovely for five to eight weeks, whatever it is, and to not end up with Matt, like that just honestly, it really, really sucks. Mm. (laughs) Oh man. Should we start with Anna going home? I mean, we have to talk about Anna and then of course, Victoria. I mean, Mike, who are you happier to see leave Anna or Victoria? Um, man, that's a, that's a real dead (laughs) heat right there. I would probably go with Victoria just because like, her brand of awful seemed to really start to spiral towards the end. You could almost see it was like a car going into the death rattle where all of her usual tropes, which by the way, I I have to say, while most of what she has done has been very clear bullying and been a part of like this bad culture in the house, I feel like we need to bring back if we're really trying to get it to dig in calling someone a loser because man, (laughs) does that land extra hard? Like when she's just tossing that around, (laughs) 
Her rhetoric is so Trumpian. Oh, I, so I, Trumpian. I, so, like, and, and also in the way where you're like watching, you're like, this person is not, not a good person. I really dislike her. But like 5% of her rhetoric, her like use of language is kind of funny. And, yes, and it, it is. But it's, it's very bad, 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 bad. <laughs> but I'm like, this, it is funny that she keeps calling her a hoe. But it's bad. It is it's not a, okay. We it do not condone morally this. reprehensible. No, but we I, don't. I, do, I did laugh like one out of every 20 times. I think when she's talking to the producers, like that's what it's funny, right? Because it's like, yes, this is so totally. deranged. So deranged. When she took the tiara off of Catalina's head, I, I was taken aback. I was the most physically like angry that I think I've ever been watching this show. I was just like, you don't do that. But then when she's talking to the producers and she's like, obviously delusional, having a meltdown, then it's funny because then it's like, right. We've all decided to laugh at you, Victoria. And you know, you're not, you're only hurting yourself right now. It's definitely harder when she's hurting someone else, but totally. She used the word disgusting so many times. It was, it was that scene where she's like down the hallway from everyone else. And clearly saying all this to producers loud Mm. enough so everyone can hear it. All of these girls are disgusting. Her, uh, God, the other one that stuck out, I mean, I think you text me this when she called Matt a jester. <laughs> yeah. Matt is a jester. Um, so committed to the bit. Again, yeah. I'm not, I, I want to be very clear. I am not pro-Victoria no. at all. It goes without saying we're all yes, anti-Victoria. Anti, yep. But some of these things are very funny to write, to type out and text to another human being. Um, I felt bad for Anna by the end. And I don't, oh. I also think she was guilty of abhorrent behavior that I'm sure you talked about in the previous episode yeah. recap. But I think it was, I felt at the end watching her and I was glad to see her leave, but I did feel watching her at the end. Like, I think she genuinely took responsibility for her actions and had regret. It wasn't just oh, like, wow. I got caught. you just agree. agree. Do not okay, agree. Okay. No. Ah, in the car, I was watching her when she was being interviewed, the way she was talking about, it, I was like, Oh, this is a person who realizes She screwed up in a big way. And I do think we've seen the effect, and this isn't exculpatory, that (laughs) Victoria's had on other women, which is sometimes like a mean girl can make other people feel safe or enabled to be mean and awful and almost titillated by it. And I think, I don't know, I, I felt like she had that effect on everyone. That's interesting. Mike, what did you think about Anna? So I actually, and I'm very curious to hear what you had to say now, because I fell more into the Mina camp of this, mm. because how often do we see people we try and go in and these, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just move to Florida guys, just go hang out with Victoria and Trump. Just ha- Although Victoria, she's in LA right now. She was on TMZ, which we'll come back to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we're, I think we're slowly finding out here some, some uncomfortable things about ourselves, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think it just was that. The fact that in so many of those instances, when we see it start to become this, he said, or this, she said, she said, in a lot of these cases, you see people get into those spots and rationalize. And I kind of appreciated her just straight up saying like, no, I did this. This was a bad, dumb thing that I did. And I also appreciated Matt at this point going, you know what? I can understand that people make mistakes, but with what we're going with here and with what this has helped been a part of and done to the house, him just saying, I I wish you well, but you need to go was I thought a really mature moment. I agree with that actually. Yes. I thought this was Matt at his best. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, I know that maybe isn't who you are. This is out of character, which is like, Matt, how well do you know Anna's character? Can you say this is out of character for Anna? Like, no, you cannot. True. But I, w- I will miss her god awful poker faces. Just every time someone in the room's clearly talking about her, her like Jim Halperting the camera. 
she's got the biggest she's a big like, literally a big smile you know like literally yeah. takes up a lot of space on her face and in the frame um guys she only apologized because she got caught that's all that you happened so? yeah matt confronted her this is what i didn't like which matt did although i'm curious what you guys think so when he approached anna and then later victoria but really anna he actually was like very like touchy feeling with her and just made it seem like they were going off like just to like chat. He's like, he gave the line. Can I steal you for a second? And then he confronts her and sends her home, but cause she's a mean girl. I thought that was kind of messed up. I was like, just dude, maybe be a little more serious as you approach her. You're about to like ruin her year. I thought that was mm. super weird. I, I guess I, I, I saw maybe I was too sympathetic to her because of the contrast in between how she and Victoria handled it. Yeah. Where, <laughs> <laughs> obviously um she didn't call Matt a jester so well Victoria did the thing that we all knew she was going to do which is she instantly blamed Katie mm-hmm. right which is what people who don't take any accountability for their actions do they'll latch on to another source I actually and Katie didn't admit to the group that it was her who came to Matt so there was the scene where Matt was talking to Victoria and the second he saw Katie's name it was yes. like you're like, spy oh, shit. gives up a source or in like Homeland <laughs> oh. or something. You could see the wheels turning and you're like, oh, no, you must protect the witness. And I was actually surprised it didn't lead to a huge confrontation between Victoria and Katie, quite frankly. But in any case, Victoria immediately redirected, which, you know, is what bad people do. <laughs> and whereas, so I guess I, I only and this is the last defense I have of Anna. It's I okay. was defend Anna. I'm not, I mean, look, she <laughs> what she did last week was unforgivable and mm-hmm. in, horrible for a million different reasons. But I did notice she didn't redirect in the same way. Yeah, it's true. Um, she, but that's she a was like, bar. that's the true. Bar she didn't own up to it. She didn't own up to it. Mike, what were you going to say? You were really excited about me in this commentary here. Well, no, I was just, I was blown away by the same thing. Like when Matt said her name, I was like, buddy, I understand you're new to this whole scene right here, but this is like just general decency. 101 is like, don't throw her to the wolves right now. He sold her out. And it's like, Katie is, is doing a lot for the show. She's a good narrator. She's causing these confrontations. She's also like comforting the people who need comfort. And Matt just fucking sells her out. It's like, dude, come on. I, I couldn't believe he did that. Yeah. I feel like that was a, a tactical error. Or here's the thing, though. What do these women know? Like Matt said that he didn't know there was like any toxicity in the house. Fine. I, we've heard that from a bachelor before. But for most of the women to be like, oh, we didn't know there was bullying here. What did you guys make of that? I was so confused, especially by like Serena P, who I consider to be like a nice person. I felt like she would have been like more in tune to it. And I was just like so surprised by that. I think what Mina brought up before is probably the closest I can get to like rationalizing this, which is you're probably sitting there at that point, trying to justify your own role in all of this. Mm. Like when you're looking out and seeing these things clearly people have done, it kind of makes it a safer space to just pitch in a little bit. Now all of a sudden on the other end, you got to be like, Oh no, that wasn't bullying. Like, like what did Victoria say? Um, I'm always playful and never malicious. Like, I feel like that's kind of the default setting for most people once they finally realize oh i got a little bit caught up in this (laughs) yeah i mean there's a spectrum too of like i feel like everything's kind of being painted with the same brush in terms of like the behavior between the new and the old women you know varsity and jv yeah that's not to me like a group of women when they're separate from the others making a joke about varsity and jv that's not bullying i i I don't i i I agree i'm not not. i'm not um exonerating mj who we'll get to later because obviously the show ends with her and i mj also sucks 
Yeah, she she does. So she really I'm let not, me down. I wanted I, for some reason I wanted to like at MJ. I think she looks her, cool. Her looks cool. Exactly. Her cool. She her look cool. is cool. And I yeah, wanted she to does like her. Gorgeous. Yeah. Once she ducked out of the boxing date in that one, I thought that was really going to be her spot to shine because I look at her and feel like she can throw a punch. <laughs> yeah. Feisty looking. Yeah. It's the Probably hair, hair right? Yeah. It's just like You'll really cool hair. Yeah, yeah. I just like thought she was going to be like nice and cool, but no, she, she really Not sucks. Cool. Very no. uncool. But anyways, I, I, as far as the bullying goes, so I think it's totally plausible that different women have seen and seen different things. And then also handled it in different ways. Like cracking jokes in a in private audience is very different from the way Victoria like literally directly acts towards these yeah. people, which is just straight up bullying. I mean, when Ryan said she told her because I'm a dancer, I'm a ho-, like oh, so cruel. It's so crazy. Um it's weird we so, didn't see that. At least it was flashback. This is one of my complaints by the bachelors on the Bravo, if that happened on a housewives you would see it initially and then they'd be like recounting it for like four to five more episodes. And every time they talked about it, you'd get like a black and white or like sepia tone flashback to the moment. Mm-hmm. And like this, and one thing I will say about Victoria, she calls Matt as she um, leaves. She says that Matt decides to trust hearsay instead of the facts. And that's kind of true. I feel like we have to decide which hearsay to go with because we don't get to see true. the actual offending incidents. So <laughs> that's a great point. And the editing on the bachelor is always really misleading. Like, if you ever, I mean, you know this, Juliet, experienced professor of the show like myself. <laughs> if you see a reaction shot that's tight, you have no idea yes. what that's. So if, yes. if they're showing Victoria saying she's a hoe, and then Chelsea or Abigail are smiling, that doesn't mean that they're agreeing with them. It just means at one point they smiled. So it can be hard to judge bystander behavior. That's an interesting point to think about and why it made it all the more laughable when Victoria went to like the default Twitter excuse of, oh, this person was taken out of context. Like when you're the one directly saying all these awful things in shots that we could see, there is no version of context where this is acceptable. That was another great Matt moment where he was like, in what context would it have not been offensive? (laughs) Call her a uh, just a hoe. And then was like, what context is calling someone a hoe? I just the word hoe was just crack again. Horrible, 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 yeah. horrible person. But hoe is such a funny word. I know, and it's also just like it, it's just like a default insult, right? Like it has nothing to actually do with Ryan, who, by the way, I really like Ryan. Seems wonderful. She, she seems, seems cool. Like, yeah, just like a good, good narrator. I mean, that's why ultimately the Victoria villain plot was very unsatisfying to me because one, Matt was clearly never interested in her. Like we've had villains over the years, like your Courtney's and Tierra's mm-hmm. who actually advanced far the West legendary from Julian season. So there, and then also she was not very savvy or sophisticated. No. Um, so it was just kind of weird and stupid the whole time. And then at times crossed the line into offensive bullying. Yeah, Absolutely. The main thing about Victoria that I couldn't look away from this episode was her bra. I was just like, what the fuck? Well, I was just like, did no one tell her how bad she looked? And I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to like body shame her, but like that is just that bra and that dress. The two don't go together. Every shot of her from the back. I was just like, no, I don't want to see this. It was so rough. Um, Maybe it's like having food in your teeth where it's a sign that people don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. If no one's helping. 
That's got to be because, and you know how bad it's got to be for like me to notice something like that where I'm sitting here and like one of the, because that was like a through line since he came on here. And I'm like texting my mom or someone. It's like, is anyone going to tell her that this is the wrong bra for that outfit? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been swallowed up by this. Show. You really have. Also, the slits on her dress. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. It was a very, very poor choice. But that I was thinking about it like when as she went out, which is like it's easy to hate her because she looked like a mess. And I don't mean to like body shame her the way that Matt's caddy friend did, but just that like she didn't present very put together. It was like really the opposite of Kit, where she just sort of like looked discombobulated like all mm. the time. And Fuck yeah. It was, just it was not a fun villain. Yeah. It's it's yeah. more fun to hate someone who is like pulling a fast one over the bachelor or bachelorette and or is presenting as like sweet and innocent, but is actually evil. Like something like that, where you can kind of dig in. This to me, it wasn't, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, I, I like don't know you suck. I don't love suck. to hate you. You just stink. Yeah. It, it's it, in some ways, then she is kind of the perfect villain for this year-ish time period. <laughs> What do you mean by that? <laughs> because then I mean, she's the Trump. Uh, I was going to say she is, she is this era's villain where mm-hmm. it's so obvious that it's like, it's, it's hard to really do anything with. Yeah. Right. It's I just know. like, this sucks. It's like those match.com ads where like the devil's dating 2020. I feel like she could have been. That's, that's, you know, that's directed by Ryan Reynolds, by the way, that commercial. Did you really? know that? Oh yes. Oh, wow. And oh. he's using the Taylor Swift song in it because it's one of her re-records. And he like, you know, Taylor Swift is best friends with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively and um, the names wow. of, in oh, God, I know a lot about Taylor Swift guys, the names in a few of her songs are the names of um, Ryan and Betty, the, like James and Inez are the names of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's kids. Anyway, okay. that commercial is directed by Ryan Reynolds uses the song by Taylor Swift because they're close personal friends. One of the re-records. It led to people thinking Taylor Swift was married. This is a whole other podcast. Talk to you guys later. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. By I remember the whole Taylor Swift is married rumor mill. That was very That's, exciting plot twist. Yeah. Of everything that went on with the double album release this year. Exactly. Because in that snippet of the song and the commercial, she says, baby just said yes. Instead of baby just say yes. So people think she's married. Mm. I don't know. We'll find out. Truth and time will tell all. Um, should we move on? Should we talk about Rachel's one-on-one? Mm. Oh man. <laughs> should we talk about Rachel? What's been how like where where are we with what do you guys do? Do you guys know about Rachel and her problematic social media? Yes. We are aware. Okay. Yes. So uh, Rachel, spelled A-E-L, is from Georgia. She's a graphic designer, allegedly. And her Instagram activity has included her liking um photos of like her fr- her white friends dressed up as native americans and also i think in photos of people in like other offensive halloween costumes and just liking a lot of um offensive the confederate racist, flag yeah conf- confederate flag photo like uh, objectively racist stuff essentially she hasn't commented on it the show hasn't commented on it which is weird because victoria got to go on gma and defend herself for being a horrible person and it's tough so like when you guys watch Rachel, like what are you like what what are you bringing to watching her? Because we've kind of come against this previously with Before, like, people yeah. like Lee or whatever, but it's definitely a different era. And I think that like just be, having gone through with this, what we you know hopefully is a step forward of this franchise. Like, how does Rachel sit for you, Mike? Like, what do you think when you're watching her? Well, I, 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 so it's interesting is I kind of came to all of that news after a lot of this, and so it goes. I go back now. 
And it sort of just kind of adds this whole filter of like, all right, like there were already parts of this interaction that I didn't necessarily like trust or that didn't feel right necessarily. But now with all of this as a background, I'm like, all right, like what do I, again, that is the common problem we run into the show. What do I actually know about this person who's just sitting here and now claiming that she loves Matt because she's been <laughs> showered with 84 bags of gifts and the shoes with red soles with no name. <laughs> That, that was, part was so funny. I mean, those are clearly supposed to be Louboutins, and I guess they weren't allowed to say that, but like, that was so weird. weird. Why show them if you can't clear saying the name Louboutin? Also, why can't you clear that? Can't you also, say the name of a brand? It's not like singing a song on... I know. Right? I don't know. Um, listen, I think... Okay, so there's this, there's two things happening here. There's what you described, Juliet, which is this very... The, the way we watch the show in 2021 is very different from 2015 because we now know things about the contestants we didn't, including right. bad things. And I would say what the things we know about her are bad, um, objectively. And so there's that. But then I would also layer onto that, we really don't know anything about this girl. Like she's no. been on TV a lot. She's been on the episode. She, in the first episode, had a bit more screen time. I remembered her like, tearing up. She cried at the prayer. prayer. Yeah. But other than that, everything's been super vague and generic. You know, they've shown them having interactions to the point where, again, as someone watches the show, I'm like, if you're on TV this much, he likes you. Clearly, he seems physically attracted to you. You're obviously a beautiful girl. But, like, even on their date, a one-on-one date, where, they, you know, they, they have the shopping trip and then they have the dinner, I don't feel like I learned a single piece of information about her other than that she said she's falling in love with him and he said it back and I was taken aback by that. So <laughs> it's like there's this vacuum of Who Rachel. Are you? Yeah. yeah. And then, but the information I do know about her is this bad information outside the show. So it's a, it's a, to go back to your original question, it's created an uncomfortable viewing experience for me because not only like, do I already have these impressions based on information but also i have no other impressions yeah. so i'm watching this and i'm like well here's what i do know about you and that's it so i don't know i the day was weird to me did you like what what did super, you think of the date on its own super weird what did you think of the date mike i have a very specific opinion about this as a, as a woman who watches a lot of rom-coms i'm just curious what you think though <laughs> i mean it was definitely straight out of central casting as far as that goes like there's i i there's an element where like Mina said, you don't like, you're not unearthing anything. It was just not even like playing house. It was quite literally playing dress up. It was something nice for them to both look at mostly for Matt to look at in this spot. And we never <laughs> yeah. really had to, like, we never really had to dig much deeper. The whole thing was like, you know, it was, it was super voyeuristic in a way that's not super unfamiliar with this show. But at the same time, I, I guess when you remove all of the usual bells and whistles, like what's happening with The Bachelor now is kind of like what happened with college football this year. When you take away all of the pageantry <laughs> and you take away all the bands and the other stuff, what you're left with is just football that's largely not as good as the NFL skill-wise. <laughs> and it makes it a difficult watch in a lot of ways. And you've got all the weird moral qualms with that one. But with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, when you're not flying them to all these exotic locations, you just kind of sit in these weird, like, hypercrafted moments and are a little uncomfortable sometimes a little bored that's such a great analogy because you need to fill that that gap with talent right like yeah. okay if i'm gonna watch like clemson 
Ohio State fine, which is how I would describe Tasha's season, where I was like, these are actually interesting yeah. people having really interesting conversations. And we've done a little bit of that, but when it's not there, it feels Yeah, it's so rough. It's rough. You're just like, what am I watching here? This date where like the woman gets to go shopping is like the pretty woman date. It's like, you know, when he t- when Richard Gary takes Julia Roberts shopping and um whatever. And that's always what I think of, and like because of that, I just find it like so gross. I'm just like, okay, in the movie, this is about a prostitute who's finally able to dress like in a dignified way because this rich guy is like taking care of her and whatever. And I love that movie. Check it out. We did all the rewatchables. I mean, it's obviously one of the best movies of all time, but like it's just weird for that to become like a staple of The Bachelor. And it's even weirder when it's like not actually at a store. I will say also, like, usually that date goes to someone who's like very high on the leads list. Cause like Becca got it with Ari. Kaylin got it with Colton. I don't think they did it with Peter, but I, I don't remember. Um, but I Chantel remember from oh, did she, uh, Sean Lowe's season. Yeah. And she went pretty far. Yeah. It's usually someone who like makes at least top four or whatever. And so it's like fairly meaningful. And I was, but it was just like super weird. Like how long could the car ride have been from the one building she was in to wherever she was with Matt? What did she, what did, what did you make of their, so we're shown one conversation really at dinner, right? They have a fancy dinner and um, it's where they both say, she tells him she's falling in love with him. He says it back. The audience is like, what the hell? You were just like, Rachel, we don't know anything about you. Where did you come from? Yeah, other than you have these very like dubious social media likes. Um, but before that, she and this is the only characteristic we've gotten of her or, or declared characteristic. She says um, she thinks he's out of her league. Yes. Did you, did you Wait, buy that? I just, I just want to say she also said that she's never owned a pair of shoes over forty dollars. So we also know that about her because that did was you buy re- that too <laughs> in reference into the Louboutins. Um, I do buy that because I follow yeah. this. Instagram account that tells you like what everyone's wearing and how much it costs. And uh, and I mean, like these women are really young and they had to buy a whole new wardrobe to go on TV. So like, yeah, a lot of the clothes are not going to be expensive. Plus when you're really pretty and like really skinny and young, I feel like you can wear cheaper clothes and it looks just as good as like something really expensive, but she has good style too. I've noticed like some of her. It's a lot of stylish gals. I'm really into Piper style. Piper is my favorite. Sartorially. Can I, can I ask a style question? Please. Of what you guys perceive with Matt? Because I had this question asked of me uh, by one of my guy friends. How many, like, first off, just baseline, is it a good look, the turtleneck under the blazer, under the jacket look? I think some guys can pull it off. I do not think Matt does, nor do I really think Brendan does. Though I think Brendan did a better job, even though it was 120 degrees when he was doing that. I think Matt looks uncomfortable in some of the outfits they're putting him in. Um, mm. Sometimes he looks good. I mean, he's clearly like incredible body, handsome guy. But some of them, I'm like, you. there was like a fuzzy jacket from a couple episodes back where I was oh, like, yeah. you would never wear this guy. But um, the purple sweater. I thought that was a great the color for sweater. him, but like didn't yeah. really seem like it was his style. That material looked really uncomfortable. I was just wondering because the conversation I had around that with with a guy I'm friends with was centered largely around height. We thought that there was a certain height above which that was appropriate mm. to be all of six seven, and you guys to say that doesn't necessarily six, work. I think he's six yeah. five. Are you sure he's six seven? I have so I, I I ended when we did like the we did like some college that college football like celebrity Zoom thing where you mm-hmm. try and invite your famous friend into the Zoom and. Chris Harrison ended up in the Zoom, and so it was just me rifling bachelor questions at him. <laughs> Who brought and in Chris Harrison? First, 
Uh, Ashley Brewer, who works oh. for us at ESPN, was on. Yeah, uh, was, of course. Uh, Classic for winter, winter games. Yeah. Winter games. And, uh, you know, good friend. And so she brought Chris in there, which was music to my ears. But then I asked him, is he as tall as he looks right now? Because it looks like it, it looks like some of the you know, wildest we've ever seen. And I've seen Tyler C in person. I mm. saw him in Miami at the Super Bowl. And that guy is all of six five. Like Tyler is not six five. I walk by Tyler on the street and I am a pro day measured six, four and a quarter. And I walk by that dude. And I was like, what so, actual, this hell? is, this is a big deal in our world. Uh, bachelor party listeners, Mike told you and I, like we actually like height and exact height is, is important. Oh, it's something that is long awaited at the combine every year. And we can usually, I can usually eyeball a quarterback and tell, I don't think Matt James looks six seven. Six seven. He's is not. And I, I have spent time. I have spent time with Tyler. I'll one up you. He is not six five. I promise you, he is not six five. Um, yeah. But it's fine. Hey, he's been on your on your show a bunch, hasn't he? He has been our guest picker during the playoffs. Yes. Has he told you anything about his appearance, which we know is coming next week, or about Matt at all? No, he, we, so he talked to us about Matt because we asked him kind of like the typical getting to know you roommate questions. And, and the weirdest things that were divulged was that they have separate showers and bathrooms, but for some reason, Matt comes in and uses Tyler's shower and will even steal underwear out of Tyler's drawer and wear That's it. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. Underwear. That's no, super it was, weird. It was very weird. Uh, and we, the we, shower so thing we had was Matt on last week. Maybe it's better. Maybe it has better water pressure, but the underwear thing is not fine. How was your Matt experience? The Matt experience was good. I thought he was pretty relaxed because we just immediately hit him with, we've had your roommate on for the past three weeks. So we know some things and he did not deny the shared underwear portion of it. So <laughs> is it clean? Is it like never been worn recently washed? Like what the f- that's super weird. Super strange. I'm assuming it's in the drawer, which means it's been it's recently clean. washed. So I would like to give him that. He did say that to get on, um, Tyler's nerves Matt will like work out and when he finishes with like his workout stuff he will hang it over like the shower rung in Matt's bathroom and stink up his bathroom which the, the, the net effect of all these stories is not that I feel like I'm judging Matt or I think that he's a good or whatever I eat this dude's not ready to get married no. I, I don't want to I don't want to like no ruin he's this. not well season for everyone but like you hear things like that and again he's i'm not saying he's not ready to be in a relationship or he's not a good person but what about this season makes you think any of these human beings want to get married that's a great no that's a great lead back to rachel because rachel has also said she's never been in love and i just feel like i i think that rachel and matt seem like they could like explore are we in love together because neither has, has experienced yes yes before. look into that and also read some <laughs> literature rachel about <laughs> the world and society you know what? i don't care if people don't like that i'm saying this i it's fine i, I agree with you i i think that it felt distinctly like the men of Tasha and Claire season that like of like the 30, you yes. could, you could easily see 10 of them like sitting down with a book, right? Like you could just really like imagine it. Even if it was just like they had watched everything on Netflix. So like the only thing they had left to do was read. Like you could imagine it happening versus like, just like going to sleep or something. It's much harder for me to see like many of these women being like, okay, it's like, a, this is like a really mean thing to say, but it's just like, it's harder for me to imagine them sitting down with a book. I mean, I mean it, we've also all been through our early twenties. Like we know what yeah. that period of time is like. 
Well, yeah. when I was when I was depressed in my early twenties, I would be like, "Okay, I'm going to read a book today." No one talked to me, but that was just a weird depression I mean, thing. So. You know, I, I was an idiot, and you know, I drank too much, and you know, did not read enough. Probably was I, <laughs> you know, hanging out with people who posed in front of Confederate flags. No, okay, yeah. we can move on. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I never. I will get over that. I'm just no, but like I, it's just like. It's not a normal thing. Like, I mean, it's not, I don't think I have had anyone in my life on a recurring basis who could even like be like, know someone who has a, a Confederate flag. I don't know. I just like sometimes there's like, you just like lose track of that. Like in the, the Trump and post Trump years that like the Confederate flag's not normal. And to like have that around is not normal. I think this is actually something very instructive about the way she presents, though, is, you know, we're coming out of this period in our country. People are like, really? This is a bachelor podcast. I'll, I'll keep it short. Where I think a lot of people are looking around and saying, who has these ideas? Mm-hmm. To what degree do they have them? And this is a good example of someone who you're watching. There's not there's no indication from what we see on television that she harbors X, Y, or Z beliefs. And of course it's this show. So we're not actually shown conversations about those things, but she does, she associates with it, you know? And I, I think yeah. it's instructive, frankly. Yeah. Um, I, I will say uh, the Confederate flag is like more common in college football than like in, in most under their cultural right. spheres. Right. I mean that NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe right. I'm just like an ignorant Northerner. I don't know. Um, what did you guys make of Rachel saying she's falling in love with him? But, and moreover, <laughs> Of him saying it back. Just like, what the yes. fuck? Out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like, like you tell, I don't know. I, I br- listen, blown, blown away. Like, cause at first I thought like, all right, like maybe he's just going through this and he thinks this is how it goes. Like first timer syndrome. But then we see him in other instances where it's not returned like very readily. Like he did not wait long to get back to her oh, yeah. with that. Was- I'm falling in love with you too. He was doing the mouth thing so intensely. He was just like really ready to talk, licking his teeth and as well. He was trying to buy time. Oh, have you noticed that? He licks his teeth and like moves his jaw around when he's really into someone like excited by what they're saying. Oh, he tilt he tilts his head back too when he does it. Mm-hmm. Sticks out the lower part of his mm-hmm. jaw, like really starts to get into it. It's like his he's literally his mouth is watering and it's like we can see it happening. <laughs> I, I do, do you guys think they have chemistry? Because so we can, I mean, maybe this is a, there, there's a point in the group date where he's talking to Michelle who mm-hmm. he had the one-on-one with the prior week. And I, I, I was watching and I was like, these two people have really great chemistry. Did you feel that way watching no. him on the, yeah. I felt like he has it with Piper too. That's why I'm surprised she hasn't gotten yeah. a one-on-one. I was just like, oh, he's into her. And I was just, it's super weird. The Rachel thing just came out of nowhere, but I, I'm not entirely surprised because Every week, there's been like a Rachel moment. You're just like, why? Yes. Like, like what? Like, why is like she on TV? The show is selling her to me more than Matt does at this point. Yes, 100. percent Because she will like appear on the show. Like, she, I remember when they did the um, like basically capture the flag and the bridal gowns. There was a moment where she was like really sad they lost, and they kind of like showed her like being like all dirty and whatever and like defeated. And I was just like, why Rachel? Like, I had no idea she was on this date. So. It's just weird. And like, we end up taking a fair amount, I think, from like the physical reactions on this show a lot of times. Like, I remember when, you know, Jordan Rogers and JoJo were on. And the minute you saw those two together, it was like, oh, my God, like these two cannot get enough of each other. And then you build the relationship out from there. Like everything. 
something about their re- like every time they go in for like a little kiss, everything it feels so like devoid of any feeling in that spot. Because you've seen him in these other instances, like Michelle and him in that hot air balloon was art. That was awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, we're we're looking in on someone's little love moment, and then the rest of this like I don't know what the rest of it was, but it wasn't that. I like Michelle. She just seems also like pretty normal. I'm just like this is great. Like she just and also she, the way she um spoke about how she felt uncomfortable in the house was very teacher-like. I was like, I can understand where it's like, she's very clear and she like explicates as she talks. And I was just like, okay, I get it. I see, I see her professional influence in how she communicates with people. I liked it. The Rachel thing is, is really weird. I don't know. It's going to be tough watching her going forward. Also having her walk in. So all the other women see her. I mean, I understand like you got to create that drama, but like, come on. So, uh, and this is the only, the the thing I will say, because I feel like I've been pretty critical of her throughout this taping. They clearly like her. Oh, yeah. And that is something I always look for when I watch these seasons is like, how are you regarded by other people? And she's clearly liked. Like she came in, they traditionally set her up for this, you know, potentially awkward moment. It wasn't like they they were happy for her. They're jealous, but um, so that's a point in her favor. No, definitely. That's a good point. Also, she seems supportive. Like when Kit got the one-on-one. Yeah. Um, she was excited for Kit. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Should we talk about Kit or you want to talk about the group date? Kit date was so forgettable to me. Well, Kit's 21. Do yeah, we're, you, we're, we're, like, do you, you even want Kit? to see a 21-year-old on the, on the show? <laughs> Mike, what do you think? I mean, again, I think it's all kind of shifted because of what we went through with so much of last season where the discourse got to such a different place that now it's kind of coming back down to earth. Like I probably wouldn't have known or felt differently otherwise without that. But I 
I guess she's another one. Like it doesn't inspire a ton in me, like kind of hearing her go on about, you know, her mom and like the nature of her public life, you know, all this stuff and how she wanted to calm down and all that. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like anything that I felt like she was trying to make more of it than there was in that spot. And like, Mm -hmm. I understand a smidge of that as someone who grew up with a dad that was like getting famous during some of my childhood that like, yeah, there is some of that fishbowl thing, but it's not something you turn into like a, a, a sob story or a net or negative. Or personality. She like made <laughs> yeah. her personality. That's the thing. Like, it should not be the thing that is the thing about you. Like, Mike, was uh, your childhood all gold Bentleys and, and red, red carpet carpets. events? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. When anyone thinks of my father, they think of gold Bentleys. I just um, think, Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Mina. Well, I it feels like their date. It almost felt like a scene on Housewives or like another show to me. Like I, I feel some. I felt I did actually feel some empathy when she conceded that she's very image conscious because of her upbringing. Totally, I, I think that's real. But yeah, definitely, you're right, Mike. In the context of this show, where it's one, there are people who have overcome some seriously. Like contrast that with Abigail's revelation, which we talk about when we talk about the group date. And also, it it doesn't feel like a love story. It just kind of felt like an aside to me. Yeah. Um, you know, just like a, a young girl with this very specific type of upbringing talking about it. But like, no one would watch, like when he was like, what would her life be? And she was like, like this. I'm like, literally not a single human being watching this <laughs> show actually thinks you guys are going to end up together. Or that this is a thing that's going to happen. You have sure, many yeah. men to date and lives to live. And that's great. But this is not one of them. She really suspended disbelief with Matt too. Cause like when she walked in, she was like, I love it. As if he had designed the room or, or like had anything to do with his environment at all. That was like ridiculous. Uh, well, that happens overall. Like when it happened with the Louboutins where she was acting like Matt was giving these to her, like, yes, I'm sure Matt went out and bought these on this show, which is what he was forced to do with his own money to give you the red bottom. Look at the that that's going to be an all-time weird moment on this show. Also, just like, I don't know. Really just bizarre. I guess it also had Shade of Sex in the City, too. I don't know. I will give Matt a point for actually being able to help put on the shoe, because if you put me in that spot, I'd have been like, what in the hell am I supposed to do here? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, well, kid, I don't really have much to add beyond that. I mean... I think she's been somewhat redeemed from the first episode when, when I was like, this girl sucks. Like, I yeah. think now I, she definitely is more likable to me now than she was at the very beginning of the season. I will say that. She had a more heartfelt apology than many of the people, I think, as well, at the beginning of the episode for her participation in being a bully. I will say she seemed to really like Victoria, so that's a major negative <laughs> in, in Kit's favor. Like, they seem to, like, be hanging out not infrequently. Um, so that was really negative. Also, I've Googled Kit. Yeah, Cynthia Rowley, her mother, quite famous in the fashion world. Kit herself, not quite famous. Like, there's not a ton of Kit info out there. She's moved to LA. She does a lot of, like, workout reels on Instagram. And she's just living that that life of up in the hills of, of, of Los Angeles. I don't know, being being known. I think she just... she Also, she and her mom, like, already had a podcast. So she came into this searching, I think, to amplify that fame. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of hers. But also, like, she's a kid, like, literally. So she's I, like... Kid. Yeah. I wish her the best and like, I'm sure she'll evolve as a human and good luck. That's, that's the most I could say. It's, just, it's, it's crazy to me to think like we are to think that Zach Clark and Kit were both on <laughs> consecutive seasons. Like these are two humans who are just not in the same stages of 
like they're not even not in the same stages of life. Like there's a stage in between their stages. I feel oh, like. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's just watching it. Like I, I, and you're right. I don't see it in that lens, but then I also don't want to judge her because she's a child, like a kid. Yeah. So. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll change and improve. It definitely is weird. Like I, I, at the beginning of the season, I was like, God, I'm going to miss the maturity of the guys on Tasha's season. I wouldn't say they're like that mature, but I just think like, you know, there's still guys who went on the bachelorette, but comparatively, like, I really miss that. Like I, I kind of like miss the like successive stories of like horrible things that have happened. Not that I want that for people, but like that was more compelling television, right? Oh my God. That scene where they were doing the paintings where yeah. everyone just started to like rip their chests open and lay down their hearts. I don't know how you couldn't find that compelling. And I don't think we're going to get its equivalent this season. No, we're not. Although let's talk about Abigail. So the group date, as you alluded to, they had to shovel manure and like act like they were farmers. It was kind of funny. It was sort of like throwing a bunch of share horror, which is onto the farm and like seeing what happened. No <laughs> one was prepared for it. <laughs> That would have been my worst nightmare. I would just been like, no, thanks. I would not like to do this. Um, And then at the, at the cocktail party, like kind of the two most important conversations were with Chelsea who went first and Abigail. Um, Let's start with Chelsea actually. Cause last week, Chelsea talked about um, cutting her hair and the decision to shave her hair off. And Matt just responded with, I can't imagine that. And that was it. And we just kind of like, all moved on and I, and Nora and I talked about that and we're kind of critical of Matt for like not sharing more about himself when talking to both Michelle and Chelsea. But we've since learned Chelsea said on bachelor happy hour with Rachel Lindsay and Becca Cooperin that like she and Matt actually had a really meaningful conversation about that, where he talked about cutting his own hair and like the different responses he's gotten from people between shaving his head or having an Afro. And it seems like we like missed out on a like legitimately really meaningful conversation. And I'm just like, we, show that. Yeah, why not show that? Like, that makes us understand Matt in a new dimension. It gives Chelsea, like, more of the conversation she deserves to have. Like, it puts everyone in a context that would be so meaningful and powerful. And I'm just, like, I'm just pissed. I'm also, like, I'm sorry that I was hard on Matt because, like, now, you know, we have no idea what he shared with Michelle or Chelsea or whatever. And I was glad that that... Chelsea got more time. I'm also just like, show us the actual meaningful conversations when you're going to show these people talking to each other. Kind of crazy, right? It's like, why? Okay. On one hand, I, Bachelor viewer, I'm like, why aren't you showing us substantive conversations? And instead we're getting 30 minutes of Victoria calling people disgusting hoes. But then I, Mina Kimes, who person who works in television, am firmly aware that screaming, like, you know, LeBron versus MJ gets the ratings up. So I, 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 you know, there's the quality versus what the audience really wants. Kind of, I'm not saying that justifies the decision not to show that, but it's definitely why for sure. Like we know why. Yeah. yeah. Like women fighting on TV is a long, a long held trope that clearly people tune in for men and women. Right. I mean, but it's just sort of like, I think that having to evaluate some of these conversations, like, it just reminded me to like be keenly aware of like what we're, what right. could be transpiring that we're not getting. Totally. Well, like, I was say, and especially in a season with the, you know, the first black man to be the bachelor, like yeah. to miss out on some conversations like that, that should be a part of this. If you're going to truly celebrate that and not just, you know, use it as a headline seems like it would be something helpful. In that. That's why it's so frustrating. Yeah. Cause like, this is the opportunity to have these conversations, like do right by the first black bachelor. Like, you know, you've put him in this position to, mm-hmm 
to like, he will always be the first black bachelor and to not honor some of these conversations is like immensely frustrating. And just sort of like made me feel very bad about, about the show. No, that's a really great point about him. And again, also cuts to the casting of Rachel. Like, yeah, really like in 2021, we can't look at Instagram likes and, where it's just like with Lee on Rachel's like, season. It's just yeah, like, exactly. what the fuck? You bring in I, an obvious racist onto the first Black Bachelorette. She's like, what is that? And hers is obviously more subtle, but also we're smarter now. So yeah. um, I, I will say, Chelsea, my only note was Rachel said Matt was out of her league. Chelsea, I just wrote clearly out of Matt's league. <laughs> <laughs> like Chelsea, Chelsea should be like dating an, a quarterback or like Definitely. an NFL court, like, like, She's way out of his league and a lot of people's leagues. Uh, and that's Definitely. all I wrote. <laughs> She's who so could, beautiful. Who can we get Chelsea to date if we're looking for a quarterback for her? Oh, most of them aren't single. Mm-hmm. Also, do you really want maybe? Do you really want someone you like to date an NFL quarterback? I think the answer to that is no. No, right. Offense. Um, you want them to date an NFL offensive lineman? Prove yeah. that. Right, like Jason. <laughs> don't you know? Don't, yes. Are you hoping Claire calls Jason? A little bit. I thought Jason got better. Is that I was always really conflicted with Jason representing the offensive line community. There was just <laughs> like, I, again. I'm, I'm nervous because we don't get many shots at this yeah. as reformed large people, and so it's always got to feel like it's got to be perfect. And I don't know if it I'm, was. I'm also at a place with Claire now where like I don't really trust her judgment, and I yeah. Anyways, I'm just leaving it at that. We hope Claire finds love and happiness. I, I hope she does. Yeah, Where, wherever that may be. Not on not, TV. not with Dale. Not on TV. Please, please not on TV. <laughs> um, the other really meaningful conversation from the group date was with Abigail, who I'm as confused as Abigail. I'm shocked that she hasn't gotten a one on one. I felt like night one she was hands down leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. I thought he was really into her. I mean, it's inexplicable to me. I don't know. And she confronts him about it and says that she feels you know, confused. And then also talks about how her biological father abandoned her family. And she says, because she uh, is deaf and also talks about how, if they were to have kids together, it's very high likelihood that their kids would have, would be deaf. And, you know, she like puts it out on the table. And I, I mean, I can't imagine having that kind of courage. I mean, you guys are on, you guys are like way more um, doing broadcast stuff than I am. Like, can you imagine like sharing that kind of like deep, story with not only Matt, but like on camera. It's just an audience in general and, and she, her being, you know, forthright about that and kind of making that a meaningful part of the conversation since night one is why I have firmly said for a while, I would die and wage war for in Abigail's name. If any part of this show hurts her, <laughs> I, I will go ballistic. She seems like a great she person. The, she just seen like, and again, like in the too good for the show category, like impossibly sweet, like was very vulnerable about something that she clearly is. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say afraid of, but is acknowledging this could be a part of my life in a way that I have seen rejected by someone that I cared about and I'm afraid might happen again. And so if any part of the show does not reward her vulnerability, I am going to snap. I was glad that they showed Matt's response to that because he had this, similar life experience. It's obviously different because it, you know, it's not tied to his present condition in the same way, but I felt like he did rise to the occasion. I, I mean, agree. Really, he said the thing, the obvious thing, but I, it was, it was sweet. I, I liked the moment and it kind of made me like him more. I I think this has to be the longest someone who's gotten, I, 
I don't have the data in front of me, but a first impression rose to not then get a one-on-one date is very unusual in the show. So I can understand why she's confused. Um, and, it does and I don't think it bodes well for her and him. No, it yeah, doesn't. I don't, I don't, I don't know. They do seem to have, but yeah, absolutely. They got the ear thing going on. You know, that was like one of my favorite moments of the season. So it was cute. so cute. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really rooting for Abigail. She just seems like a nice person, and I, you know, she's like acquitted herself really well. I think also like last week, I, me and um one of my colleagues were talking about like why did she like she was like kind of like laughing along at the Sarah jokes, but you know, there's actually been a lot written online since about when you're deaf, like you sort of like read social cues. And so when other people are laughing, like you laugh too. And, you know, I think it's just like pretty, obviously this has to be hard. I was also thinking like, you know, I I don't know completely, but when a lot of people are talking at once, there's a lot of crosstalk and like, it's like noisy and stuff. It must be very hard to like navigate that. And yeah, I can't, I can't imagine either. So she's, she's just acquitted herself like so well. She's like, she's really lovely though. Though these, this group of women, I think is being presented to us in a way that's like less satisfying than Tasha's men. There are a lot of good women in this group. Cause yes. like, here's who I like, like just making a list. <laughs> Serena P. She seems yes. great. Yes. Great. Love Serena P. Yep. Brie. I don't know why we haven't gotten any of her in several weeks. She's got a great style. Have you guys noticed that? Yes. Always looks super cool. Yeah. Yes. She's Loved her lot. night one dress, the green silk. Yes. She's really cool. Um, Piper, we already mentioned her. Abigail. Um, Chelsea, she's cool. I couldn't believe Mari went home. I really thought Matt was like just gonna want to get some Mari time. Well, she was the one who he stared at her butt for like yes, 20 minutes exactly. when That's she came I in. He wanted night some Mari one. time. <laughs> but it took a hard turn and she never, yeah. I, I noticed after that first episode, they never really spent a lot of time together. Seemed to have meaningful conversations. So. I'm gonna miss her fierce middle part. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that all you'll miss about her? Um She's just like objectively very hot. So I was surprised. And she seems nice. I mean, we don't know anything about her, but I just, I just was surprised based on how he stared at her. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I like. Kit. Katie. Meh. She's fine. Oh, Katie. 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 Love Katie. Katie. Love Katie. Okay. Katie Bachelorette. How are we feeling? Let me take the temperature of the room. Whew. Mike, you go first. What do you think? Katie is the Bachelorette. Well, I, I, and I don't know how much we're getting into the, uh, getting into the coming up next time. Did oh, let's the, get into it. Did, well, I mean, did that worry anyone on the Katie front there? Because I feel like that was the first time where we started seeing even like hints of her being presented in a way that was like less than satisfactory. Because again, the death knell on the show tends to be going to Matt talking about other people in the house and not talking about your relationship. She has been the one of the few lone exceptions in that yeah. in going to him with a meaningful problem in the house, stating it as such and getting results from it that everyone agrees are good. And so just seeing some of the things that were coming up next, I'm like, all right, like this is the first time I've been made to question anything because in general I'm with Mina. Like I have been very pro Katie for being at times the only adult in the room. I don't feel Serena C is a reliable narrator. I was going to say the preview showed a a confrontation between her and Serena C. So that makes me think Katie's probably on the right side of (laughs) history. We'll see how that shakes out, Uh, which, you know, as an Asian is, I was like, Serena, you're our last hope here. But <laughs> I, she seems to be firmly, well, she was kind of edited as one of the mean girls. We haven't really seen a ton from her. She made some nasty comments. But I think Katie like, has the potential for a Caitlyn-style yes, bachelorette season. Yes, I agree with you. I've, that's so funny. I recently said to someone, I felt like she had Caitlyn crossed with Hannah Brown vibes. 
And mm. I think the sex positivity is obviously very Caitlin, which is great. And the sort of like not completely comfortable in the formal wear and and sort of like a little a tad goofiness, not awkwardness, it's like goofiness reminds me of Hannah Brown in a good way. And I think Katie would be a great bachelorette. Also, she's 29. We love we love an older bachelorette. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I think also, she, Mina, I, she's from Washington. I really like her. She's super, super Seattle vibes. Um, yeah, I mean, she's funny, smart, real. I just, in addition to going up to Matt, which is like a tactic that almost always spectacular fails, but I thought she handled beautifully. The fact that she stood up for Sarah after she left, she had nothing to gain from that. Exactly. And I think some of these interactions, I'm watching her and I'm, I almost find myself admiring her and I'm wondering like, would I be so brave to totally do the right thing in this situation? And I have like a little bit of a girl crush on her. Like I'm really impressed by her. Uh, so I, may I would love her. I can neither confirm nor deny. Katie, we love you. If Katie, you're we love you. Yes. Um, but you know, she, I don't, I don't think she's going to go far. I'll say that. Well, she's Not already spoiled, halfway just, through. Yeah. And you know, so typically only front runners go on to be the next bachelor bachelorette. Juan Pablo was kind of the notable exception. And Hannah, Hannah came in sixth on her Six. season. Okay. Colton. She did get to meet Colton's family though, which was super weird. Oh, whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Hannah, in any case, Hannah had yeah. the most ridiculous trajectory from disaster of a bachelor contestant to like most famous bachelorette ever. I think that's true. I think she has like, yeah, the biggest following. I'm not a Hannah Brown fan anymore, but I loved her season and gave us Tyler. Give us Great Tyler, which season. gave us Matt. So here we are. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> it's like that meme where the stuff gets set in motion. I don't know if you have seen. I that. haven't like, seen I that one. So, okay. Anyways, um, yes, I am pro Katie Bachelorette season. I love Abigail, but I think a Katie season is the way to go from an entertainment standpoint. You know, because like. The way bachelors or bachelorettes, they can either be vessels for the contestants or they can be dynamic and interesting in and of their own accord. Clearly not only the case this season. I think we can get that with Katie. Yes, I agree with that. I think that's probably the best Hannah comp because you're right. That was my biggest fear going into her season was she was going to be a vessel and she ended up being anything but in that spot. So good for her. I feel like if this were a movie that Katie would be played by Rachel McAdams, she seems mm-hmm. to have that quality of like. What a compliment. Cute, like, yeah, he's compliment. I would say I think Rachel Rachel McAdams is like one of my like favorite recurring like types that comes into every movie because she's got a lot of good qualities and I feel like those are very Katie-esque. I think I would like her. She's really cute. Yeah, she's really cute. And she looks like a combination of Christina Schulman from previous yes. seasons and Vanessa Bayer mm. from SNL <laughs> in one person. I don't know. I just think I could see a lot of the guys who were on Tasha's season being great for her too. Maybe we can bring some oh, back. Oh, interesting. Bring some back. Okay. Who do you want to bring back for her? Dr. Joe. Mm. Uh, Ivan. Love uh, Ivan. Um, those would, I feel, I feel like Ivan would be a great fit for her. I interviewed both Dr. Joe and Ivan. Oh. Ivan is very confident. Like, very much so. Kind of took me aback. Really? Yes. I was going to say, because you would not get that one watching that season. Oh, my God. Oh, there's that one scene where he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, okay. He said it to his mother in regards to the fantasy suite. So that's kind of all you need to know, I think. Um, Ivan, I was taken aback by his confidence. Dr. Joe, also great. But Ivan really left an impression on me. And just like, okay. It's interesting. Could you see it? Could you kind of see it? Ivan did say that he wanted to get a girlfriend like Stat. So I don't know if he's willing to wait. And to do the whole thing again. I don't know. 
I don't know. But I, I think that I think these women will absolutely shine in paradise. I think Anna, though we I don't like her, you guys do. She will no, absolutely. I don't, 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 don't want to go down into history as yeah. Team Anna. We are anti-Anna. You're so, okay. Yeah, fine. I want to make it abundantly clear: Mike Golick Jr. and Mina Kimes, anti-Anna. We're, we're just not in her we're just beta chumps who are easily. <laughs> we feel sad for people, but I am. She did a bad thing. Anna, Anna, no. and Katie are opposites. <laughs> you said before, Mina is really true. Katie intervenes when she really has no skin in the game. Like she just does it because she thinks it's right. Anna only apologizes when she's directly implicated, which is wow. something that Katie would never do. Katie it's like would a morality tale. Yeah, the exactly. way you just said exactly. it is like goofus and gallant. Wow. Anna, don't don't be an Anna. Be a Katie. That said, Anna is going to absolutely crush it in paradise. I just feel like she's going to give the camera everything they need. She's going to mm-hmm. be like, a fucking busybody. And ever someone comes down the stairs, she's just gonna be like, "Who is it?" She's gonna be like, really like anxious energy, and I, she's gonna crush it. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. So, she reminds me of that one stock gift so much of that like angry white woman looking out the window, <laughs> shaking, and just starts to, like that's her face oh, every time comes. something doesn't go her way. <laughs> she kind of reminds me of um the lead blonde on the television show popular do you remember that show for when like leslie man right leslie bibb leslie Leslie bibb Bibb, yeah and also leslie bibb had like a lot of famous faces because she's dating sam rockwell and so when he was like on the award circuit like she'd be in the crowd just like cheering him on i just feel like anna looks a lot like leslie bibb which is also Mm. a compliment i don't know I don't know, guys. I have to say, I perked up when I saw Tyler in the scenes for next week, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm surprised they waited this long to pull the trigger on TC. Oh, not excited about Heather, though, coming back. I mean, who needs that? Did you see uh, Dylan making mess on Twitter? Should we discuss? Yes, we should. So Mm. Dylan Barber, I have to assume he was drunk, right? Like, there's no no other explanation. Um, (laughs) He started tweet. I mean, this was on Saturday night. So also, I mean, every night's a Saturday kind of when you're, I think, an influencer in quarantine. Although Dylan has a job. He started an app called Visor. It's like a combination of like fitness and charity, which is like watchwords for influencers, but whatever. Um, Actually, Mike, I have a question before we go further. On this note, as an athlete, like how does Matt's like f- absolute fanaticism for activity register with you because I'm like horrified by it and so fixate on it. I'm curious how it plays for you. Are we talking about like him, like pulling sleds through the woods Just and constant like constant activity? Yes. So I've always said, I think this is a thing that tells you in a lot of cases, how far everyone went in their respective sport, mm. because I've always said, you don't see people. And I, I say this as someone who like famously, like not famously, very like not famously at all, <laughs> went to like a couple of training camps and did not do anything of value in the NFL. But you tend to see when guys go and play long NFL careers, they leave and they have satisfied most of their competitive desires. Like they're not going to be chasing down weekend. (laughs) I'm good here. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're not going to be weekend warriors at the local wide, the same way that like guys that got sought off after college that feel like they missed out on something do. So in that instance, and I include myself in that in in certain points, it's very on brand for that career trajectory. Mm. I just Mm. see it. I'm just like, Matt, just take a nap. Do you have to do this right now? I'm just like so overwhelmed by it. <laughs> I feel like there's also nothing else to do at Nemecolum. Well, this I think maybe he, if, yeah. he does this anyway. I've been following him on Instagram for, <laughs> for coming up on two years. This is how Matt lives his life. 
Uh, you have well, to, Mina. I have to say, we, Mina and I were the first ones to discuss Matt as The Bachelor back in June of 2019. So just mark it down. All Where's right, our check? Back to Dylan. He tweeted last night. He tweeted on Saturday night. Cancel ABC and The Bachelor. Kind of want to air out their dirty laundry. Mom got me riled up. Ask away. And then he does air out some dirty laundry. Some of it's super boring. Like, do you make your own meals? But some of it was not. And he was really defending Jet. He was really like saying that he got screwed and that also the show doesn't care about people's mental health. And he was stirring some stuff up and he didn't delete any of this. So, well, so I brought him up in response to the Heather thing because um, someone asked him about her and he said she was done dirty. Heather's friends with Hannah, I believe his mm-hmm. fiance, hence mom got me stirred up. So bringing it back to this season, I imagine. Oh, is mom a reference to Hannah G, his girlfriend? I figured. I don't know. I that was I figured they I don't mom know. and dad. You know, like young people do oh, that now. They, right. They're like mom and dad. Anyways. It's very weird, but okay. I think a lot of his anger towards a friend, he's friends with Jed, which we knew after Hannah's season and defended his shitty behavior. And now I think perhaps rightfully he seems upset with the show for Heather getting bad treatment or a bad edit. Either way. I don't think it's going to go well based on (laughs) not just the previews, but him going on a Twitter tirade. My sources say that Hannah Brown orchestrated this or didn't orchestrate it. Obviously I don't think she's that much power, but like definitely was like part of this. Um, I don't know. It's weird to me that Hannah Brown's not appearing on the show yet. Oh, maybe she comes later on the season. She must. Um, Can't stay away. I don't know. I mean like Heather just showing up. Also it's like, we know it's like very far into it it's like too late why didn't she come sooner that's probably why he's upset mm-hmm. like i'm sure heather was uh, yeah. early on and then the producers who have <laughs> their new strategy of uh delaying entrances <laughs> she appears to have i mean because to arrive now is Ter- you no shot you have no shot no shot no shot and everyone's just gonna be really mad at you <laughs> and the producers wouldn't let it happen right because then it'd be like a waste of the of the show no, and these producers have already very clearly seen the effect that introducing a new group, however big or small, along this timeline clearly gave them the exact fireworks they wanted in this house. I'm sure it's all right. Well, we got one dose of this. Let's, you know, get even closer to the prize and really mess with everyone. If it had gone poorly, like if Noah had no impact on Tasha's season, I wonder if they would have done it again. But obviously it worked. I think they liked the instant shot of drama. Oh, they got yeah. From it. It must be hard without the travel. I mean, like, I'm shocked how much I miss it, but I'm just like, okay, still at Nemecolon. And I think that, like, one of the reasons the Paradise works more is because of the people cycling in and out. So it's probably, like, where they got the idea. There's just, like, more frenetic energy. They're sort of, like, they should have just made it co-ed or something. I don't know. They should just... We, yeah. I, I mi- There's just not the same sort of, like, frenzy. It just feels a lot... It just feels different. It's going to be so weird to look back on, like, everything from the COVID years. And I'm sad to say years, but here we are. And like, be like, wow, that was so weird. They did it that way. I mean, like, it's particularly true of like sports and reality TV. It's odd that they didn't go straight to a, a Winter Games Paradise type setup from um, Tasha's season because you're. I, I think it would make much more sense when you can't travel because you have that that those the waves of people and more variables. And they probably could have pulled it off. I don't. They should you know have been I mean? filming like, Paradise Nicole, now. They should have gone somewhere warm. Yeah. Like I heard Costa Rica is accepting Americans. They should have gone somewhere <laughs> warm, taken the guys from Tasha season and the women from Matt season and just, and whomever else and just done paradise. But instead they're came out last week. They're going to Canada, Alberta to do the bachelorette next starting at the end of February. So, hmm. and I can tell you, if someone watches the challenge, 
cold weather reality TV is not what you want. I mean, there's a reason that people are always in hot tubs and bikinis and what and shirtless and whatever. Um, guys, I looked into the barrel hot tub that Matt's been using repeatedly this season. (laughs) I was just like, should I get that? And, um, you really have to cut wood. You really have to cut up those logs to heat it. And you can't just like turn it on. You have to like prepare. You have to be like in an hour. I want to get in my hot tub that doesn't have any jets. So I'm going to cut the wood now. So that's a no go for me, but that's, that's probably the most realistic part of the show so far. Dimensions wise, what are we dealing with right there? Because I've got a back deck that I is small. I don't use very much. And I've always thought could be prime for that. And the wood is a really great aesthetic. So if it's any sort of realistic dimension, I don't know, like I'm not against like it would allow me to like maybe go and like chop wood in my backyard, which would make me feel tough every once in a while. I don't know. I do like the hot, cold dynamic. Yeah, Uh, me too. A hot tub in cold weather is great. Yeah. I just feel like this is too much work. I'll send you the link after you can assess for yourself. (laughs) But a barrel hot tub, it's a real thing. We completely skipped over uh, Jesenia and MJ's. Yeah, forgot. Because I feel like we skipped over it because it was so dumb. So dumb. So thanks for bringing that up, Mina. You're great. You're a better host than I. Um, (laughs) MJ and Jesenia got into a fight at the group date, which then carried over to the final scenes of the episode. Jasenia basically called MJ out to her face. So she was not the one who called. We don't know if she was the one who called MJ out to Matt. I think she did at least partially, but I got the impression that other people did as well. Yeah. MJ, she just stinks. She's mean. She's like, also, I found it really annoying how she's like, I'm here for harmony. She's just she kept, like, yes. <laughs> she kept being like, you know, I'm like Miss Peace and kind of presenting as a hippie. And it's like, she, again, to go back to who actually takes responsibility for their actions, who doesn't, she has taken zero None. responsibility. None. I feel like anytime you've got rehearsed buzzwords like that, my desire and ability to believe you just plummets. Yeah. And when they're that bad, like when it's it's very similar to like Victoria saying, I'm always playful, never malicious. Yeah. And she kept going back to words like that. I'm just like, okay, no. And it, ugh. We put it's, a a ban on the word toxic. Also, I, yeah, I no. never want to hear it again after this season. I don't know wh- how that ha- every season there's like a new word. Like with Claire, it was show up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, vulnerability is the other one. That's vulnerability. Another, I just I yeah. don't want to hear it's it any long anymore. No but journey. Talk. You know, it's funny without the travel, they haven't been saying journey, which I appreciate. It's kind of been phased out as being too cliche. But you know what I don't like about the word toxic? It's it's become a catch all and. I like it when people are specific with their words to describe what's happening, like the behavior. It's like, oh no, you're you're being rude or unkind or confrontational. And they're just saying toxic, toxic. It's a toxic environment. Say why. Use your words. It is very much like the off the field problems that people always say in sports (laughs) where they just blanket like anything that you don't like that doesn't involve the actual sports ball. When it's like, no, like, you know what? Not all these are created equal, much like the weird brand of cattiness that's gone on at times during all this. Uh, it's just sort of like, I think I like forgot about MJ cause I'm just like ready for her to go. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is enough. I bet they both go home. I feel like Matt is just sort of like not here for the drama. I feel like he doesn't like, like having to deal with it. So if I were him, I would just send them both home after hearing them both out and be like, you're both, you both got to go. But hopefully MJ leaves. It just seems like this would be like a kind of like a, a cleaning of the house between MJ, Anna and Victoria and be like very pleasant. We could all just move on. Who knows that? Yeah, I would like that. There's this, this whole new two-on-one confrontation 
instead of the two-on-one date seems to be the move, which I, I guess, guess two-on-one dates I always thought were stupid. I mean, throughout the history of the show, I never really liked them because if you're on a two-on-one date, he probably doesn't like you, yeah, right? So the show would do it to set up these epic showdowns who could ever forget Olivia being left on, on the island, island yeah. iconic moment, <laughs> Kelsey Poe in the desert. But for the purpose of the show, the love side, it's all, it's a tell that neither of these people are actually serious I think, candidates. I think Ashley, I was left in the desert and Kelsey got to come back. Wasn't Ashley the one who was left in the Badlands? Oh, was it? I think so. But I don't quite remember. Both? Might have been both. God. Anyway. But Kelsey. yeah, I, the, also the two-on-one, just like in a separate room. They did kick it up a notch by being like, come early before the rest of the women. I kind of liked that. <laughs> so janky. It's like the best we can do here at Nemecolon is have you guys come an hour earlier or whatever. It was just kind of funny. Also deprived them the time to get ready, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. I just hope they both go. I'm I'm over the drama. I'm I'm ready for phase two, which always happens around this time, where it's like, okay, let's see who he's actually into. And it's just like all a series of one-on-ones. I'm curious what they're gonna do about family stuff. I mean, if they do the same kind of hometowns like they did for Tasha or like how that's gonna play out. Mm. If Tyler gets to be a part of that, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that I'm I'm really glad we finally broke the glass on that one here because now I feel like we're going to get for as much as we've talked about like Matt sort of being a relatively flat character in all of this. I'm hoping that maybe the Tyler presence starts to give us a little more something there. Me too. Well, I like when they're like I part of the reason I like the Michelle date made me like Matt more. Yeah. And I think that's something that sometimes happens towards the back half of the season is the bachelor bachelorette is around another person who you begin to see them a little bit differently, but you know, I will see how it goes. Who do you guys think are the three? Like if you had to pick a final three now unspoiled based just solely on what we've seen, who would you choose? Hmm. Mike, you go first. All right. If I'm picking a final three right now, I'm definitely putting Michelle in there. I just, I think that was too natural. (sighs) I feel like Piper's got to be in there at this point. Love Piper. She hasn't got a one-on-one, though. It's tough. <sighs> else am I going to throw in here? I haven't had, like, a third consistent favorite in here because, again, the people that I love, like Abigail and Katie, I don't imagine are people that are going to actually be able to be around till the end of this. But if I'm going to wishfully pick one, I'll just keep saying Abigail and hope the universe <laughs> rewards that. Mina, what do you think? Um, I would go... Michelle, Rachel, he said he was falling in love with her. Yeah, and Rachel, it's got to be Rachel. Rachel's got to be there because she's and, yeah, the only one to get that spiel. And I would say Bree's also, not only did she get the first date, she's also gotten a lot of screen time. Um, I think they have chemistry. So I think of the various one-on-ones he's gone on, she's the one who jumps out to me as potentially being, he could be serious about her. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say Rachel, Bree, I wasn't so sure about Michelle. I could see that going to Serena P. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. they had a pretty good date, but they did have a good date. I do think Rachel and, and Brie are, are locks for sure. I really thought he was into Abigail though. I think I'm going to go Abigail, Brie and Rachel. I don't know. Maybe I'm also hopeful. Me and Mike, we're just riding for Ad- Abigail here. We want no, the best I love for her. It. Abigail. <laughs> she's like our UCF. We're yeah. like uh, trying to get her into the championship, even yeah. though she's really not in conference. Exactly. And I've got to keep word associating myself with her now, since we have also like spent most of this podcast trying to scrub the Anna off of us. So 
I figure if I just like if I leave people with me and Abigail as the word uh, association, maybe they will believe that I, I am started good. off on a yeah, I regret it's okay, guys. We worked through it. We've worked through all I of it. I wish I had built up to it and then like I wish I had strongly condemned her and then given like a little bit of grace to her at the end. I feel like that would have been a better narrative for me and Mike. Instead, people are gonna remember they probably turned off the podcast in rage at the very beginning. <laughs> I'm done here. We needed the reverse rigby. <laughs> um, well, luckily you guys are both on ESPN quite frequently, which is where you can find both Mike and Mina. Thank you guys so much for doing this. This is really fun. I'll be back on Thursday with Callie Curry, who has been Instagramming a lot about the show. So I just reached out as you guys know, I'm a shameless DMer and, um, I'm really excited. So thank you for listening and talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.